Hello Podcast, Hello StreamYard, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube Live. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. On this 19th day of August, uh, Crystal, good uh, loyal watcher of Sports Scope, happy birthday. Uh, Crystal, I greatly appreciate your support over the years in the program, everybody. I know we have a game tonight. Uh, the Eagles are playing. Uh, a lot of Devontae Smith tweets coming out there. I've not had a chance to watch the game. I'm not going to comment on the game. I've been preparing for today's program. Uh, just got the suit out of dry cleaners. Uh Looks good. It looks good on camera here. Had to wear the gray suit on Tuesday's program. So tonight, guys, I'm going to get into the um, Notre Dame. I did not get a chance, Brian, uh, to talk Notre Dame football. I'm going to talk about Brian Kelly. Should Brian Kelly move on? Has Notre Dame peaked out? Have they peaked out 12 years? You guys know what I've philosophy is on 10 years so uh have the have the irish has brian kelly peaked out there uh also the nfl there's a lot of news and notes the jets have the jets already start to make uh huge mistakes with their uh free agency and everything and players and also um i've been talking a lot on the cleveland browns okay uh mike greenberg is how Baker Mayfield, usually that's a curse because Sky usually wrong about everything. But I'll say this. He makes a very good point on Baker Mayfield. I am extremely high on this Cleveland Brown team. I may be too high on this Cleveland Brown team. As I mentioned the other day, folks, uh, on the Mac and Jack show, which will not be this weekend. Mac's got some kind of event, charity event to do. Quite frankly, I need the Sunday off. I have to get up around 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Central Time to look up those topics. I need some time off, folks. I'll drive 12 hours a day, and then I do Sports Scope two days a week. And when I'm not doing Sports Scope, I'm preparing for Sports Scope. Yes, I need some time off. I'm glad they've, uh, uh, they're not going to have a show, but I enjoy doing that. I wouldn't do it every single week. But anyways, uh, I, I'm going to talk about uh, hard knocks, a few comments on hard knocks, news and notes, Andy Dalton. Uh, that, that may be a really good thing, and I'll tell you about that with him possibly starting over Justin Fields. Uh, if you're a Bears fan, you have to play the long game here. Uh, so we'll talk about that. A lot of little news and notes in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo, where will he be playing next year? Chris Collinsworth podcast. Uh, had uh, a guy on there make an interesting comment. I'll go into that. But first, teachable moment here. Teachable moment. I was watching a, uh, I stumbled upon this woman life coach, and she's talking about dating. Yeah, I'm a single guy. Uh, uh, my friends, single guy friends, just turned 40. And she's talking about the biggest 
thing that guys issue with guys not meeting more women is not being assertive enough. What's the opposite of not being assertive? Uh, is being passive. And how through relationships, through business, through management, being passive uh, can cause more uh, chaos in the long run than being this non, uh, not combative, what is the word I'm trying to say here, uh, could confront uh, non-confrontational, look what that leads to, okay? Now, Steve Kerr, the history, uh, okay, Draymond Green had a podcast, and he's it's through the Bleacher Report podcast. His first interview was Kevin Durant, and he's caused quite a buzz about this. Uh, he asked Durant the issue with the uh, Clippers game. Was that the reason why you left Golden State? And you'll be surprised at Kevin Durant's answer, Kevin Durant's answer, and what I've been telling you guys about got people like Steve Kerr uh, overcompensating with his political views and social justice views to make the players like him more because of his passive ways. And I've got some more evidence of that. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a personal story, but first I want to tell I want you guys to listen to this comment that this back and forth, this was a few days ago. This was yesterday, excuse me, Pickles, with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Uh, for some of you may have not heard now, they had a fallout back in the last year that uh, Draymond Green was there or that, that uh, Kevin Durant was with the 2018, excuse me, that was with the um with uh 2019 excuse me yeah yeah Durant, Durant got hurt but he was with the golden state warriors uh basically this happened in a regular season game uh it was an end of a clipper game pickles and draymond green pushed Durant out of the way took the ball from him did not pass the ball to Durant to get the last shot like it was supposed to be done, Durant says something, uh, Draymond Green, it's on the sideline, and uh, Draymond Green calls Durant the B-word, and this is how this plays out, okay? That's the context of this question. I'm going to play the soundbite for Pickles. Listen up. For my, for my own personal um, sanity, I've been getting my ass kicked ever since you left. Excuse the language. My own personal sanity. How much did our argument against the Clippers drive you to ultimately lead the Warriors? It wasn't the argument. It was the the way that everybody, Steve Kerr, act like it didn't happen. Bob Myers and tried to just discipline you and think that that would put the mask over everything. I really felt like that was such a big situation for us as a group. The first time we went through something like that, 
we had to get that shit all out. I remember watching the last dance, and when Scotty didn't go into the game, the whole team in the locker room said, Scotty, that was fucked up that you did that. We needed that. Mm-hmm. We just needed to throw all of that shit out on the table and say, yo, Dre, okay, like, that was fucked up that we even had to go through that. Let's just wipe our hands with that and go. F- okay. Remember what we talked about the other day? Every team needs that 38 to 40-year-old veteran Bill Cartwright that, uh, that uh, Kevin Durant was talking about on the team. Did you catch what he said about Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr's passive, see? Act like it didn't happen. It was a major thing. It was a major thing because it got brought up. And obviously, uh, it ultimately caused Kevin Durant to leave the team. So it had to be a much bigger deal than expected. And Bob Meyer... uh, to sum up what happened, he told uh, he finally had to play good cop, bad cop pickles. Bob Myers, the, the general manager, finally said, listen, Draymond, you've got to apologize to Kevin for that. And then uh, Draymond Green, uh, this is his this is his answer. Go finish the task. I don't think we did that. We tried to dance A long sound bite. I just didn't like how all of that, just the vibe between all of that, it just made shit weird to me. And I'd rather us... This is still we, Kevin Durant's part. Family first. Communication is key. Like, I, we didn't show that. And I, that's what rubbed me the wrong way more than anything. When we landed back from L.A., I sat in the... This is green. Hazel Pickles. was sitting in the car for an hour and 45 minutes. They pulled me in that room at Signature for an hour and 45 minutes. And they tried to tell me, you need to apologize. And I told them, I'll talk to Kay. But y'all aren't going to tell me what I need to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went on for an hour and 45 minutes talking, saying a bunch of bullshit. And ultimately, they realized, all right, we're not getting through to him. We're going to try again in the morning. And so we met the next morning, and they said, all right, you slept on it. You ready to apologize? And I told them right then and there, I said, y'all about to fuck this up. I said, the only person that can make this right is me and Kay. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that y'all can do, and y'all are going to fuck this up. And in my opinion, they fucked it up. I think so, too. And they told me right then and there, like, we're going to suspend you for this game. I laughed in their face, literally laughed in their face. And Bob said to me, he said, um, wow, that was not the reaction I was looking for or expecting. And I said, well, either I'm going to laugh in your face or I'm going to cuss you the fuck out. I'm he, telling the general manager, I'm going to laugh in your face or I'm going to curse you out, okay? That's where Draymond Green would have never done that to a uh, – for one thing, he would have never done that to me, but I'll explain that here in a little while. Uh, Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, you're, you're, you're never going to coach the NIM. Uh, you're never going to uh, uh, come off that disrespectful – towards these type of guys, okay? That's not the only... Draymond Green is a bully. He's a bully, and you know how to handle bullies, Pickles. You handle it quick, swiftly. Uh, You cannot uh, compromise. You cannot negotiate. You have to be aggressive and and respond with force. It's just like with these Taliban. You cannot cannot, uh, beg these and play these people off and 
and rationalize with a bully. You got to be straight with a bully. You got to be affirmed with the bully. Okay? Now, I admire what Bob Meyer said, but Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr was so passive about it that Draymond Green felt like he can get away with some things. Now, this is around the same time, Pickles. This is Draymond Green being disrespectful. I have another video of Steve Kerr trying to get an interview across, and Draymond Green would not turn the music down, Pickles, in the uh, so the uh, Steve Kerr can hear the reporter. Listen up. This is Steve Kerr trying to get, they're playing a commercial on YouTube here. Steve Kerr trying to tell, uh, get her uh, an interview off and during practice and Draymond's turning the music up loud and not uh, being respectful. Listen up. Okay, he says, I know it's not a great sound, but Steve Kerr stops the interview. He asked an assistant who's not on camera pickles to turn the music down. The, the, the assistant says, Draymond don't want to turn the music down. Draymond does not want to turn. It's like, then the other reporter that was beside the one who was asking the female, she's like, who's in charge here? And then Steve Kerr says, apparently not me. Okay. If when you allow that behavior, to manifest. The problem with that, I understand they've won three championships, possibly could have won five with the guy. Uh, Steve Kerr is a great visionary, X is an old guy, but he's real passive pickles. He's real, uh, you get a you get a bully like Draymond Green, you got to handle him right off the bat. You know, one of my best workers was a supervisor for seven years, security firm for the state of Tennessee. We contracted for the state. And at the time, $12.14 to $18 an hour was very good money for me. And one of my best workers was a guy that had a bully mentality when I first met him. When I first met him, uh, a week after uh, this guy's asking me something about directions uh, he's calling, he's running behind. He's asking about directions and where to park at because he's getting in at a certain time. And I've had my boss talking to me on the other side and kind of said something funny. And I, I basically, long story short, I I'd, uh, told the guy where to park at. And I'm talking to my boss and we're kind of in a jolly mood. The guy's not even in trouble, but the guy curses me on the phone. A couple of times. So I, uh, my boss leaves. The guy finally gets into work. And I said, hey, come here for a second, Corn. 
I said, listen, man, I know you got a little frustrated out there, but don't ever curse me again, okay? And he gave me a really hard look. He stayed mad at me for a few days, but he never did that again. He turned out to be one of my best workers. Guy got employee of the month. And I worked with guys who were ex-bouncers, uh, uh, bodyguards, doing side work. This was security. This was not bouncer work. Security is like just watching buildings. Uh, it's not even armed. But I am five foot eight, anywhere from 165 to 172. I'm dealing with guys like my friend and his son from uh, Tony Cox. Guys, his size, 6'3", 240, 250, uh, semi-pro football players. Some guys played semi-pro uh, basketball. Six foot eight was the biggest employee. And I had to show them that their size is not going to intimidate. I'm going to be fair. And I'm not going to overmanage them to overcompensate that. But I could, being from the street and having to deal with bullies as a kid going up in inner city school, I sensed that Draymond Green behavior, and I had to write some of these big guys up. And once they got rolled up and realized that their money's about to drain out, then they got the idea. You know, now... Steve Kerr's passing. We saw that. Now, Draymond Green is 31 years old. And I'll say this. As soon as that happened and Draymond Green said he laughed in the general manager's face and Steve Kerr should have a sensitive ear to know the, the, the temperature of the environment. These guys are all passive personalities, uh, Steph Curry, Clay, Tom, these are all very passive guys. Uh, Clay, uh, Colin Coward jokes calls them the skinny jeans. He was the only strong alpha on that team. They needed a a a Draymond Green, but they needed somebody bigger than Draymond Green, older than Draymond Green, maybe play two minutes a game to take up for the coach and take up for Steph Curry. Okay. That's what they needed on that team. But after all this was said, I would have had a conversation with the general manager and Draymond Green would have got traded that year. And then, then Kevin Durant may have stayed there. He said the way they handled it. Kevin Durant didn't want to look like the teacher was taken up for him because he couldn't take care of himself, Pickles. He couldn't. Stand up for himself. His manhood was challenged there. You see what I'm saying? He didn't want, but really what they should have done was trade him and and they could have still, the, the, the Warriors still could have had Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. You can find Draymond Green anywhere. You can't find a Kevin Durant anywhere in college pickles. You cannot find a talent like that. But that's a teachable moment. We are in a very passive, me too, uh, cancel culture society right now where alpha males are being frowned upon as toxic masculinity when really we need more uh, uh, male energy, dominant energy, to deal with bullies like Draymond Green. Okay? Now, apparently they're cool now, 
But if I'm Bob Meyer, this was recorded Tuesday, Pickles. Draymond Green's gone. That's it. You should have traded him then. But now you trade in 2019. Okay, yeah. You should have traded him then before the season was over with. So now you have an opportunity to maybe go after Ben Simmons. Maybe uh, trade Ben Simmons for Draymond Green and uh, James Wiseman and some draft picks. Because you this that behavior, that top behavior is never going to end. Because he already knows he can get over on Steve Kerr. That's why Steve Kerr was wanting to lecture people on Pollock. He thinks that's going to win Draymond Green type of players over. And really, what you're supposed to do is let Draymond Green blow. I understand this is a player's league, and I appreciate everything you do. But when I ask you to do something, I mean do it, okay? That's how I used to tell the guys I used to work with. And then they call my bluff, and then they see themselves going up to the big boss with they written up uh, – uh, being written up. And then it took me a few times before I had to actually get rid of some of them. But the ones that uh, that seen it, Pickles, they got their little self. They got in line, okay? Uh, I hate a bully. I can't stand a bully. And that's what Draymond Green is, you know? But anyways, that was a pretty interesting story that's being talked about in the wide world of sports. Okay. A lot of talk about the uh, comments that Kevin, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton made a comment that he thinks that, that Fields is going to be good and, and, and all this, but he said since Ryan Pace told him that when he took him in, that's the general manager of the Bears, that he's going to be the starter. He's like, no, this is my time to start. And people thought that was a little narcissistic and a little over the top. They paid this guy $10 million a year. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. And also, your left tackle is going to be out for the season. And this left tackle, this second-round pick pickles, was supposed to be the um, this second round pick, and I think his name is Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. I want to say, but I can't find it. I can't find his uh, thing here. But basically, this let let Andy Dalton take the hits. Let the guy that's already passed his prime. You've got your future in in Justin Fields. Now, the problem with that is is that Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy are supposed to be seen on the hot seat. But the right thing to do is let Andy Dalton play. Let him uh, have to get rid of the ball quicker. Let Fields get used to the routine that an NFL quarterback has to do in the regular season. What time, when the watch film, what type of practices should he, uh, what he should specifically work on in practice, how to go through the whole routine of a regular season, not a preseason, of a regular season game. Uh, he's your future. 
Now, of course, he's quick. Uh, he would be good for a team with a bad offensive line, maybe towards the middle of the season after the bye week. Maybe you want to uh, look at that and see how the line's blocking. And if it's improving, you're still in the hunt. And But, but Andy Dalton's been mediocre. But that's Andy Dalton's, you know. Uh, maybe, maybe go in that way. But I hate the fact, Pickles, that teams do stuff that's not really in the interest of the team. It's in the interest to keep your own job. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that will work out. Speaking of quarterbacks, man, this is a – I barely got just a few topics here, Pickles. And I'm going to have to – change here in about five minutes but i'm, I'm gonna play this chris collinsworth was talking to a guy from pro football focus now collinsworth has got his money i basically he basically owns pro, pro football focus and he's doing a podcast as well with a guy named doug keed from pro, pro football focus talking about jimmy garoppolo another quarterback who i think should play this year i think garoppolo should play this year I think he's going to be the best bet for this team this year. Uh, he's talking about what's the future going to hold for Garoppolo. Who's going to go after him uh, when the season's over or perhaps when the season begins? And he makes a good point. And I will comment after this soundbite from – this is Chris Collinsworth and uh, Key, this guy, uh, basically a reporter here from um, Pro Football Focus. Listen up. They turn it over to the rookie, and then suddenly the wheels kind of fall off there. But it is interesting that you mentioned Houston because I actually think that it's a legitimate possibility that that could be Jimmy Garoppolo's next landing spot. I do think that there's still a connection there between Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Casario. I think that whether that is this season, if he gets off to a hot start, or even after the season, uh, once they're really ready to turn it over to Trey Lance, I think that the Garoppolo could be moved over to Houston. Obviously, some other chips have to fall before that happens. Deshaun Watson would have to be traded. Uh, Davis Mills couldn't obviously emerge this season. But that's definitely something to watch for in the future is Jimmy Garoppolo headed to Houston. Because of Nick's Casario, this is a uh, – we talked about networking. We, we talked about this on Tuesday's program. How come Tim Tebow got a job with – uh, a trial with, when he haven't played seven years in the NFL because his former coach from college is now the professional coach. He gave him an opportunity. Nick Casario Pickles uh, used to work with the New England Patriots. He was involved with the drafting and development of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he is over at the Houston Texans. And we are all assuming, and I know it's going to happen, uh, the guy's been brawling off practicing uh, at just about every day in Deshaun Watson that they're going to bring in possibly after the season of a Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, let me just say this. Odds are the number one pick's going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles or the Houston Texans, okay? And connections count. Uh, it, it's going to go to the Houston Texans at, at, at some point. Uh, not less Philly, just that much worse, or something happens to a quarterback and, and uh, a team like the, the Saints fall off and they get the number one pick. Depending on where they pick at, it, it, it's huge. Because do you want to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million a year 
to sit in for your guy, a guy who has not finished all but one season, do you want to pay him that kind of money when you've got that high of pick and your scout saying Spencer Rattler is 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 a guy we can build around on a rookie contract from Oklahoma? Could we do something, give David Culley a fresh start with a fresh young quarterback, a Spencer Rattler, or the North Carolina uh, guy that's been talked about, that will be talked about, or perhaps uh, the Liberty quarterback is being talked about. Okay, there's about three or four quarterbacks that may be worthy of a top five pick. So, yes, possibly, but you probably have to restructure that contract. But this is, if do you want to take in a 29-year-old player on a total rebuild and have to pay him $27 million starting quarterback money for a year or two before you bring in your guy? I don't know. I don't know if you should do that. But I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, with his history, it's going to be hard to sell him, hold on, let me change out my time, Pickles. Uh, it's going to be hard to sell him being the starter permanent, okay? So that's the dilemma there. Uh, maybe he adjusts his salary cap. Perhaps you can make that work. But other, this guy mentioned, what about Washington? Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick is like 38 years old, and Tyler Heineke, that's going to be a big question mark. The guy that had one decent game against the Tampa Bay Bucks in the playoffs, Fitzpatrick's not going to play the whole season this year. They call him Fitz Magic for a reason. He's got the record for the most touchdowns thrown by the most teams because he's a journeyman. He puts the journey in journeyman quarterback seat. So a team like Washington, their window is now top-notch defensive line, above-average offensive line, uh, tight end, wide receiver. All thing they need, Pickles, is the quarterback. Uh, would you pay him $27 million for a year or two, which is very good compared to guys like um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, 42, 45, 47 million dollars. It's almost half price if you're looking into 2022, 2023. But you have to get insurance on a guy like that and get a and get a backup on. So I'm thinking maybe Washington would be a better fit, but but the relationship with the general manager is not there. Okay. Uh, that's food for thought. Again. I think the guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to have a great year. I think he's going to possibly win comeback player of the year. He was Check this out, Pickles. A month ago on FanDuel, Jimmy Garoppolo was plus 5000 to win uh, for $100 to win comeback player. He was plus 5000 Now it's like plus 2100 So the odds makers think he's going to have a good year. How good a year? Uh, Washington can win now. 
The defense line is in its prime. You don't have to pay Chase Young for a few years, a defensive player of the year type of player. Uh, Terry McLaurin is in year three, I think. He would be in year four next year. You can do the fifth-year option for him in year five. So Washington for possible Aaron Rodgers would be even better. But Jimmy Garoppolo would also be good. Now, somebody that nobody's talking about, I think if you're this Ravens staff, you're, uh, you've got all those injuries right now at wide receiver. You're replacing pass rushers on that Raven team. The Baltimore Ravens have not signed Lamar Jackson. They have gave him his fifth-year option, and neither is of Cleveland Browns, and I'm going to talk about Cleveland. Mike Greenberg Pickle said something interesting today about Baker Mayfield, and I want to get with that on the Cleveland Browns as well. But would I think, but I'm not running the the Ravens, the Ravens should look at a guy like this. A guy that uh, that you've played before in the regular season a couple of years ago, but people are just sold on Lamar. I'm not. I'm just. It's just going to happen. And once you start paying Lamar more than a rookie salary and try to fill out your roster, it's going to be tough, man. They are 32nd in passing offense, and I got a feeling they're going to get off to a bad start. And they've got injuries coming in. They've got uh, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Rashard Bateman with with the Ravens is hurt. Sammy Watkins is hurt. Go figure. He's always hurt. That's why he's bounced around the league the last few years. Uh, again, Marlon Humphrey. And, and of course, uh, Lamar's gotten COVID twice. But they open up against a team like the Raiders, who have no defense. They still may be okay. But it's just some food for thought, okay? All right. Uh, you know, the Jets, the Jets are, have hit a little bit of a – you know, the Jets are starting to become the same old Jets, Pickles. They, they've they got two players, uh, Denzel Mims. He's hurt already. I don't know the serious extent of Mims' injury. I just heard it. He's injured. And Carl Larson has $30 million guaranteed defensive end the Jets got from the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to say he has torn his Achilles today, Pickles, in camp. See if I can find this. Yeah, he tore his Achilles today. The the veteran defensive end, uh, this guy's 30-plus years old. He tore his – here's his history, Pickles. Carl Larson had a good year last year, I I will bet. Tore his ACL in 2014. He tore his ACL in 2018. And now in 2021 – He's tore his Achilles. That's three major injuries for Carl Larson. $30 million guaranteed. Uh, I like this guy, Joe Douglas. But this is this is these are the kind of moves that is going to hinder a guy like Sam. Uh now Sam Darnold. Well, they missed on him, but uh a guy like Zach Wilson. Because you're you're using Zach Wilson rookie cap money on bad free agents. Okay. Um, Corey Davis. Corey Davis was often hurt with the Tennessee Titans. He always had a hamstring injury. 
My dad used to tell me that's usually from not being in shape. Uh, Corey Davis has butterfingers. He got a huge salary there with the New York Jets, and I'm not sure he deserved it. I'm glad Tennessee moved on from Corey Davis. He looked great in college. He, he wore 84. He looked like Antonio Brown, who was fighting with the Titans player today. But he's not Antonio Brown as a player. He had butterfingers. And he's also he had injury problems with Tennessee. But they signed Corey Davis to a huge contract, and then they signed a guy that's got two ACLs and now an Achilles injury, $30 million down the drain with Carl Larson. So uh, you just don't know what to think of the Jets other than it starts from the ownership down, okay? Not to be the bear of bad news. I just have to call them like I see them, guys, okay? Trying to see if there's any more. Okay. Now, you guys, I've been telling you all about my, and I'm talking about on the Mac and Jack show too, love for this Browns team. And Mike Greenberg's talking about Baker Mayfield and his contracts. And, man, why he should pay him. But my thing is, and Mayfield said this himself, well, we'll let the winning speak for itself. I think they're going to have a great year. How good a year? I think they have a good shot to get the one seed in the in, in the AFC good this year. I, I think that they're going to beat, and I'm going to talk about that here in a second, I think they're going to beat Cleve, or, or Kansas City in week one. But this is what Mike Greenberg said. Uh, and I don't normally agree with him, and usually when he says something, usually it goes the other way and it curses the guy. But he makes a good point about Mayfield. Listen up. Talk – he talks about Mayfield going all the way back to Bernie Kozart as far as consistency. Listen up. That quarterback did it despite having in those three years four different head coaches and four different offensive coordinators. You might say that guy's working miracles. I would say that guy's Baker Mayfield, who next month will become the first Browns quarterback to start three straight openers since Bernie Kozart. The truth is almost everything they say about Mayfield is turning out to be wrong. They say his ceiling isn't high enough. Well, actually, last season he had eight games with a QBR of 80 or higher. Those are considered great games. Only Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes had more. They say he doesn't have the arm strength. Well, actually, last season he had the highest completion percentage in the entire league on passes thrown 20 yards downfield. They say he isn't good enough to beat good teams. Well, actually, in Cleveland's first playoff win since 1994, he threw three touchdowns, no picks, and hung 48 on Pittsburgh. That's the most points the Steelers have ever allowed in 62 playoff games. Here is the truth. Baker Mayfield has turned around what was the worst franchise in American sports, despite all manner of adversity, and is a big part of the reason now that they are talking Super Bowl in a town where the team was winless four years ago. So, if all that isn't enough to shut them up, I'm not quite sure what. Okay. Uh, I want to add on to that. I want to add on to that. Baker Mayfield had five touchdowns against a playoff uh, team in Tennessee Titans at halftime. They had five touchdowns at halftime against Tennessee. Now, you want to blame their uh, pass rush, you blame their pass rush. Here's another stat that Greenberg forgot to say. His comp- His 
completion percentage got better when the team lost Odell Beckham for the season. It's because he's buying into Stefanski's uh, system. Okay, they had the best offensive line in football last year. They're projected to have the best offensive line in football this year. Uh, they had one of their uh, their big weakness was their back four secondary. Uh, it's projected, their secondary is projected to be, according to Pro Football Focus, number three this year. Okay, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns play the Super Bowl, uh, two-time Super Bowl appearance team in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, guess what? Kansas City, here's a little fact about Kansas City Pickles in their first game, and I'm going to give it to you here on their offensive line here in just a second. This is Mike Clay, NFL. It's possible that the Chiefs will enter week one with a center, right guard, and right tackle that have played zero combined NFL snaps. On a plus side, they will have left side and uh, it's terrific with Orlando Brown and John Tooney. And then they get to go up against uh, Jadavion Clowney Miles, Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and Malik Jackson to start off with the week one. So I, I like them to go beat the Super uh, Chiefs in September in Kansas City. Normally, you, I would be an idiot for saying that because Andy Reid in September has got one of the best records in the NFL because he schemes up new plays. But I just said it's a holy uh, – I didn't realize those other players hadn't played NFL snaps, Pickles. Kansas City, I don't have them going to the Super Bowl. I'm still doubling down and saying I think it's between two teams, Buffalo and Cleveland. Cleveland could get there and win the whole thing. But Baker Mayfield has been much better. I think he just don't make the big play. Uh, it's not as pretty as a Tom Brady, as a Aaron Rodgers. It's not, he's not as fast as a Lamar Jackson or even a Josh Allen. He was drafted in the same draft as Josh Allen a all-world player that looks much stronger, much more athletic, much more big game. Uh, he, he's already got the big contract because of that in Josh Allen. And that's why I think that people, myself included Pickles, are underselling Baker Mayfield. But I think whether he deserves it or not, he's probably going to get that big contract because they're going to go a long ways in the playoffs this year, uh, if they stay relatively, because they're so deep, I think they're the deepest. I can honestly say, after reading over every roster in the league, I do think they're the deepest team in the NFL. I think they're deeper than uh, they're deeper than Tampa slightly, because I like the backup quarterback situation versus that rookie that that Tom Brady has behind him. If, if Tampa Bay loses Tom Brady. They're, they're close to a 7-10, and 10, uh, maybe a 10-7 and 7 type of team. But if this team loses uh, Baker Mayfield, 
with their backup, who's playing in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. Can't think of his name right now. It'll come to me later. Uh, they can say I still got a shot to get in the wild card. It's probably still, possibly still win the division. And uh, by the way, like again, the Ravens have a lot of injuries coming in the season. Uh, the the Steelers have four offensive linemen that they're replacing. They're uh, they're depending on a rookie running back and a new offensive coordinator to give them a new attitude. Pickles. Ooh 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 ooh! I got a new attitude. Okay. All righty then. Switching gears. I think that is all I have for the National Football League. Okay. Um, hate to be the bearer of bad news about that with the uh, the Jets, but it, they, they've had a bad day. You know, they they they've had they've had a bad run here. In uh, college football, I'm going to go over Notre Dame here in a minute. Uh, Brian, and I don't I'll see you watching tonight, but I'm going to uh, tag you with that. We'll talk about Brian Kelly. Uh, other coaches that may be on the hot seat. Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska in the 90s, Pickles. I mean, they were great in the 90s. Uh, they, they, they humiliated Florida so bad. Florida had to get a new defensive coordinator, and they had to get bigger on defense because they were humiliated so bad. Bob Stoops became the defensive coordinator of Florida. They got much bigger, much more physical in 95 pickles and in 96, you know, and and, and they won. Uh, Tom Osborne, three national championships. Well, now they got Scott Frost. And now there's a story about an investigation about recruiting violations with Scott Frost. I thought this Scott Frost was going to be a uh, a star with them. Now they're in a crucial year. I like their quarterback Martinez, but Scott Frost is under investigation for NCAA violations. Report uh, Brett Murphy reports that uh, the Cornhuskers Scott Frost under investigation. Nebraska's under investigation. Improper use of. Uh, Analyst sources, the program allegedly held off-campus workouts during the pandemic. And now this looks minor, but I'll say this. You say, why do you bring this up? Because if he has, even if these are minor, if he has an awful season, Nebraska wants a reason to fire him for just causing not paying any money. I talked about Jeremy Pruitt the other day, or Jeremy Pruitt from Tennessee. Got off to a real good start the year he was fired, got on the eight-game winning streak, but I also noticed he was grabbing players on the sideline, and it turned me off even when they're on their hot streak. The next year, they fall apart, which was last year, and... They, they lose, they fold really bad in the second half to teams like Georgia, Florida, the usual suspects, right? And they fire him. Uh, Tennessee was investigated under some minor violations. And they used those violations to fire him for calls without paying him. 
Now, there's some kind of uh, sexual assault violation, some kind of lawsuit going on with um, some kind of allegations, investigations with uh, LSU. Ed Orgeron's name was brought up in that. LSU will look. They will look. If, if Orgeron has another bad year, which he could, he was really a one-hit wonder. I mean, the guy got the right Joe Brady, uh, 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 like a quarterback coach or assistant with, with, with the, the Saints, and then he got the right hard-working transfer in, in Joe Burrow and found, mag, uh, found lightning in a bottle, had one magical year, but he was going to get fired anyways. But other than that, he's been pretty mediocre for LSU standards. They may try to use an allegation to fire him with just cause pickles. So a lot with these allegations are on how good Frost coaches, whether they uh, throw the book at him or not, pickles. You know, whether they throw the book at Frost or not, I thought that was interesting. That's something to watch. It's really not even the the whole fact of it. It's just it's just the way that that played out. Okay, I did I did miss one more NFL story. Hard knocks, hard knocks episode two. Uh, you know we talk about the the complexity of the NFL and, and just really college for that matter. Now, don't you guys wonder why college coaches Nick Saban makes. Uh, $9 million, $10 million. Uh, These guys make it $8, $9, $10, $11 million a year. Managers in, the, in Major League Baseball don't even make two. Uh, some NBA coaches make a lot, but football coaches are very important because football is complex. Did you guys see about how the, the cadence of a player, of a quarterback is big? They're practicing cadence of the quarterback call and the claps in the auditorium. I thought that was interesting. And the Cowboys, it was a backup quarterback. The, the explosion of the NFL, the popularity of London being solved. Uh, it's slow, but the, uh, they have a guy that's it's from England. Pickles. That is uh, Aiden, A-D-E-N, Dur-Did. He's a 42-year-old Englishman, defensive line coach. Uh, Interesting accent there, Pickles. I thought that was good. But Hard Knocks, it was pretty quiet. And Colin Coward made a good point about this. They're almost boring. Well, usually the boring teams are the ones who win. That may be a good sign for the Dallas Cowboys. Not a lot of drama. Uh, Nobody's facing a suspension like it was when they did the all or nothing a few years ago. When Zeke Elliott was facing suspension for uh, some type of uh, sexual assault from uh, college accusation from Ohio State, they finally, long story short, I think he got a few games, but that was hanging over their head a few years ago. None of that's over the head this year. Only thing is, is, is uh, Dak Prescott. You know, 
Uh, oh, there was another story. Uh, a lot of people made a big deal about the FBI contacting Deshaun Watson. Uh, I read into that. That was for his behalf on potential uh, extortion from one of the, the plaintiffs. Okay. So I wanted to equate that with the possibility of trading him. Going back to that story, this was in my news and notes. Uh, he's not practicing. They're going to move the guy at some point. And stuff like this, it really kind of makes other opposing teams and the ownership. I hate being in limbo. And it's just total limbo. I don't know if his agent is advising him not to participate, but I think it just looks bad for Watson with all this weight to not participate. I would almost pay him if I'm the head coach not to even come at all because he's practicing and he's going to the sideline. He's not even finishing practices, Pickles. And sometimes he's just standing out there. I think he's a big distraction. I would use one of those other quarterbacks if it's me, if I'm David Coley. I don't know how much or lack thereof it pickles authority that the guy really has. But uh, that story, uh, baseball tax story, looks like baseball in Major League Baseball pickles. Let's see if I can get this story to come up. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I want to say that baseball is proposing a tax floor, a uh, a minimum funding by new tax on teams spending a hundred million dollars. The first luxury tax to spot a hundred million dollars and charge teams who exceed the first mark, but but also, they want to have a minimum, a tax floor of $100 million. So, and then I looked this up, also pickles, about Major League Baseball. There are 14 Major League players making more than the entire Pirates baseball team. Can you name any of those 14 pickles? Any 14 players that are making more than the Pirates uh, baseball team. I'm sure you can, but I'll help you out because I've got the list right here. Mike Trout, Jacob DeGrom, uh, Garrett Cole, big market, big market, big market. Mets, uh, Angels, Mets, Yankees, uh, Zach Granke, Houston, Steven Strasburg. You get the point. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers. Uh, Max Serger, Dodgers. Dodgers and Yankee players making more than the entire Pittsburgh. Now, listen, if it's up to me, if these guys can't afford to play, get them out of there. Baseball needs a facelift. Baseball needs to be faster. The games need to be cut short. Again, not to sound like a broken record, and I wish Crystal a happy birthday, Pickles, August 19th. We should be in the middle of a playoff race in base. We should have Major League Baseball playoffs, and we should be in the 
uh, NL Division Series right now, Pickles. We should be one game away from the NLCS and the ALCS on August 19th because baseball should not compete with football. Basketball should not compete. The month of July, nobody's watching anything except for every now and then you got the Summer Olympics, right? You got, uh, what is that, uh, the World Cup for soccer? Are you kidding me? Yeah, cut those last 40 games out and have the playoffs. Have a salary cap floor. I'm all with that. I'm excited about that. Make it a $100 million floor. If you can't afford it, Pittsburgh, move your team, or we'll just have to do away with your team. If you can't afford it, Tampa Bay, move to Nashville. We can afford it here. Okay? Make it faster. Speed clocks. Let the players celebrate, but don't taunt another player. I like the rule in the NFL, actually. And bring in cheerleaders, take out the shift, and have have the have the pennant races, pickles, would be going on in July. The World Series would be Labor Day weekend. Or maybe the, the week before that, okay? Maybe the NLCS and the World Series. So I think that's interesting. Hopefully... Baseball is slow in evolution, uh, unlike the NFL, who will change their rules every single year, Pickles. I mean, what more? how much more interesting would this story be about Otani if he were on a competitive team? This guy has hit his 40th home run the other day, Pickles, and now his ERA is 279, but the team... By the way, that's another argument. I'm not voting him MVP if you're at a 500 team who's not even in the playoffs as a wild card as of today. Shorten the teams up, you know, shorten the season, uh, lower these rosters, and and, and uh, have caps, uh, have floors, and have ceilings for the cap room, okay? Let's see where I'm at on time, Pickles. Looks like I'm going to have to change out again. You guys are getting a lot from me today. Thursdays are usually my slow days. Okay, speaking of coaches and stuff, 10-year rule. I said this last year, and I'll say it again this year. Brian Kelly's a really good coach. Notre Dame football, Pickles. Brian Kelly... Went to the national championship game. I'm going to say in 2012, they got ran out by Alabama. We know that. And a few years later, this guy was on a 450-degree uh, hot seat. Uh, oh, that's right. The Angels lost Mike Trout. Yeah. They need a couple of more of Tani's in pitching, too. It seems like they don't have the pitching. So, switching gears here to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, Brian Kelly is a guy, had an attitude issue, uh, really hit a downward spiral. In 2016, Notre Dame was 4-8, and eight, and I just knew he was going to be, I knew he was going to get fired in 2017. Instead, they're 10-3, 
Then in 18, they go 12-1, and one, got to the playoff that year. 2019 Pickles, 11-2, and two, and they beat up on Michigan 45-14, to 14, a ranked team. And one score of Georgia. Go down to Georgia and lose 23-17. Georgia's got pros everywhere. And Brian Kelly is producing guys like Quentin Nelson, Jalen Smith uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, Zach Martin, one of the better guards of the Dallas Cowboys also, Will Fuller. Uh, when he's healthy, an excellent wide receiver. He's down with the Miami Dolphins now. He's recruiting classes last year. Uh, they had the ninth class in the country, uh, 18th in 2020, 15th and 19th, and they had the top 10 class according to 24-7 uh, the year before that. So I feel like he has got as much as he can get out of Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not what they were in the 80s and 90s. There's too much, uh, there's more teams on TV now. They don't just have uh, NBC. Uh, Alabama is on uh, ESPN every time ESPN and CBS get a chance to put them on, okay? So my thing is, they've been on an impressive run. Now, this year's team, Brian asked, could they get to the playoffs? They got three offensive players coming back, six on defense. They've got this guy, uh, this, this senior quarterback. It's usually not a good sign. But they got this senior quarterback, Jack Cohen, Jack Cohen, and I haven't seen him play any. So he wasn't the starter last year. I don't know if he's gotten hurt or whatever. But took over week four versus uh, Wake Forest. Fifty-six points later, started quarterback Brooke was impressive. He's beat out by by this guy Book last year, so he's probably not going to be that good. Now they've got a schedule that is twenty-third nationally. They got a pretty hard schedule at Florida State, which is a down team to open the season. But starting September 25th, Pickles, through October 9th, they got to play Wisconsin, who is ranked 12th. Cincinnati's ranked 8th in the country. And so they're playing really well. They're, 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 they've, they've played well the last few years. And then they got to go play at Virginia Tech. So they're going to lose one of them. They got a bye week. Then they got to play USC, but that's at home. But then they've got Carolina at home. I think they'll probably lose that Carolina game. So I think they're going to be a two-loss minimum team. They may lose to Stanford at the end of the season. That's at Stanford. They beat Stanford. They've, they've had Stanford's number here lately. They've had USC's number here lately. But even if that two- or three-loss team, uh, you've added the bowl win or whatever, that, that is the 10-3. and three. They've won at least 10 games, Pickles, since 2017. So you're talking four straight seasons with that disadvantage of location, uh, lack of TV dominance, uh, you know, uh, difficulty getting into school, I think maybe. And plus, you know, he's over the ten year. He's over the ten year rule. What's the ten year rule? 
Well, the coach here for um, the 49ers, I can't, mine's wrong blanks here, but the guy that created the West Coast offense said 10 years, 10 years. And he's really talking about professional sports, but, you know, even in a college where you've gotten everything out of this, the only thing to be missing was an actual national championship. You see what I'm saying? So, and plus, you know, I, I, I would like to see him give the NFL a uh, give the NFL a start here. He's good at player development. Uh, he's a good disciplinarian. He's not over the top. He was at first, but he is a, he's adapted. He's not like a uh, Bob Knight or, or, or the guy from uh, Ray Popovich type of coach. Uh, you know, he, he, he's adapting his team. They're fundamentally sound. So, and possibly he, possibly he could take it just another job, another college job. But 12 years, I would look to go after Brian Kelly from another program. Maybe USC goes after him. They play him every year, Pickles. Uh, they get beat by him every year, it just seems like. They beat USC last year 30-27, to 27. okay? Uh, they beat USC at USC in 2018, 24-17. Clay Helton does just enough not to get fired, the USC coach. Okay? So, it uh, Bill Walsh is who I was trying to think of earlier. Uh, he said that about staying with the team 10 years. People shut you out. He was really talking about pro sports. But I feel like, you know, you could say that for college because you're still with the same boosters. Uh, odds are you've probably got the same AD. You know, uh, I don't know. Speaking of coaches and stuff, guys like Larry Brown, he changes teams every year. Keep an eye out, Pickles, on the Memphis basketball team. They have gotten so many good coaches there now with Anthony Hardway. Uh, Anthony Hardway is a uh, former uh, he's a he's a Memphis native, Pickles, and now he's got a lot of former pros, pro coaches, pro players. And I'm trying to find out who he's put on here now. Rashid Wallace on his team now. Uh, really good recruiting. Yeah, they've got Penny Hardaway, Larry Brown. Uh, Rashid Wallace, Cody Toppert, Jermaine Johnson, 4X NBA All-Star, uh, Rashid Wallace. So they're going to be able to recruit. And with Larry Brown, he's going to be able to coach Memphis. Now, I don't know how Penny Hardaway talked Larry Brown into coming to Memphis. And he could be 105. Uh, he talks about... He coached in the league that Methuselah played in. I don't know if he was joking or not. I don't know that Methuselah, supposedly the oldest person in the history of the world, did he play for Kansas Pickles back in the day? But, yeah, he's got Larry Brown. I thought Larry Brown was dead years ago. I love Larry Brown. He coached that. We talked about the Detroit Pistons the other day. He's the one that coached that Piston team that beat the uh, – 
uh, Indiana Pacer team, and he he's arguing pickles with a uh, reporter asking him at the end of the championship or uh, at, you know in the off season during that championship run with the Detroit Pistons, was he going to take the um, was he going to take the Knicks job? And he said, who told you that? He said, I can't tell you. My sources tell me you're going to go to the Knicks. Well, guess what? He went to the Knicks. This guy changes jobs like I change clothes, man. Good coach, though. Good coach. Different guy. Different personality. Guys, if you like the show, share the show. Um, got everything I could talk about tonight. We are hour and eight minutes in. Uh, man, you try working 12 hours a day. And making that many notes on the fly when you're stopped in parking lots and come up with an hour of material, okay? Try that. Try that, okay? Uh, that's why I know. Let me tell you something. You know, I've added a few friends here on my Facebook, some people that work for Action Network, ESPN, uh, former ESPN. And, you know, I've reached out to them to interview. And I thought to myself, yeah, you don't want to interview with me. A uh, little bit of envy there. Don't want me to get up in the world. But I'll say this. Um, I'm going to go pretty hard after the football season again to get a job in either radio, TV, or uh, maybe even go back into reporting. And once I get my foot in the door, I will pass these people up. because Once I have an equal footing where I can put in as much time as needed to do these programs, You'll see SportsScope be number one. We're going to be the Alabama of sports talk industry, whether it be from uh, podcast, radio, TV, you name it, buddy. Okay? Just want to say, if you like the show, share the show. If you want to contribute to the show, go to the Zell app. Z -E Thank you, Pickles. Z-E-L-L-E app. Just the word SportsScope at gmail.com. No, no Mac and Jack show this Sunday. And quite frankly, I need the break. They're doing some kind of charity. I need to sleep in. So uh, I'll be back Tuesday. We'll be, we will be talking NFL. And uh, we'll get into that. And I'll start breaking down some divisions. We are three weeks away from Dallas and Tampa tonight, Pickles. We're two weeks away from Minnesota, uh, Beavers. And Ohio State Buckeyes on Thursday, the week of Labor Day weekend. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you back Tuesday here on Sports Scope. Thank you, podcast.